Hello and welcome to the Easy Allies podcast. I'm your moderator, Brandon Jones. Joining me this week, panelists Ben Moore. Yo, what up? Michael Damiani. How's it going, everyone? My AbFab co-moderator, Mr. Daniel Bloodworth. Hello. And making it all happen by starting the Zoom call in Slack, Ian Hank. Hi. Distinguished guests, we are here to discuss some of the biggest news in all of video games. But before we do that, we must atone for all of the mistakes we made last week. Ian, please begin corrections music. Boop. Persona 5 did launch on PS3 in the US. Sorry, Ben. We didn't no, know. No, that was me. That okay. The Mongols invaded <laughs> Japan again. Wait, Persona 5 or Persona 4? Persona, Persona 5. 5. Did launch on the PS3 in the US. What's huh. going on with this company? The Mongols invaded Japan seven years after the events of Ghost of Tsushima. So there you go. There's your sequel. Uh, Bushido Blade is the lethal samurai game Damiani was thinking of. Bushido mm -hmm. Blade. Mm -hmm. uh, Suikoden Tearcrease launched in the US on the Nintendo DS. Tearcrease launched in the US on the DS with English voice acting. Uh, Machiko Naruke, Wild Arms 1 and 3 composer and co-composer of 4, is also working on a Yuden Chronicle, but just was not featured prominently on their Kickstarter page. Zenny is a currency used in Dragon Ball, not Dragon Quest. Uh, that did feel wrong. <laughs> well, Zenny uh, shows up in a bunch of things, but... It does. Yeah, it's chosen uh, and something else, too. Uh, Novigrad Crowns is the currency in Witcher 3. You exchange the Orans and Florins into Crowns. So mm. Blood was right. <clears throat> Surge is pronounced Surge, not Sergei. He's French, he's not Russian. Uh, the Yeti, I said the Yeti, it's Yeti like the monster. Kevin and Olivia hosted Attack of the Show. Adam Morgan hosted X-Play. Really tried not to do that, but I did. I did it backwards. And Ian, there are two Redwall games. I don't recall Redwall games really? coming up. Uh, I escape... said make Redwall game, you coward. Escape the Gloomer and the Scout. Dude. If you want to make a note of that. Okay. Uh, 8 is 7.407 repeating of 108. So the Suikoden characters only being 100 would be 92.59% of the original Suikoden count. Thank and, you. And uh, Blood did, you know, was heavy in disbelief. But uh, the day after we recorded the podcast, it was announced that over 1 million players had played Grounded by, that, by last Friday. So I was right. It was We should have talked about it. And corrections of music. <laughs> You I were have. unsure. You were like, why are we talking about Grounded? Yeah, we had a fun group stream, but why is this relevant? And I was hours ahead of that announcement. <laughs> I was, I was where was the stuff. report? And then the report didn't come till the next day. Right. But yes. But I could I was sniffing that report. <laughs> so the, I have the I have the the T on on Zenny. It's mm -hmm. a Capcom thing and it's in a whole bunch of stuff. Mega yeah. Man, Breath of Fire, Tronbon, all kinds of stuff. Monster Hunter, apparently. Clarification. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more clarifications and corrections than that, I think. Let's play Gaming Gladiators. This is this bit where I like to have video game characters battle to the death, which is Only a huge deal. Only six months to go. Only six months left to go. Uh, <clears throat> pledge now. Um, we got two fights left. We got this and one other grand fight. One of our lovely patrons, patreon.com slash easyally, submitted a four-way fight, and I got it. I got to see it. I got to do it. I'm, I'm down. Uh, Doom Slayer versus Duke Nukem versus Sirius Sam versus BJ Blazkowicz. <laughs> All Doom four. Slayer. Doom Slayer. Just in thrown like, in. <laughs> in like three seconds ends this. <laughs> yeah. BJ, BJ might hold on the latest. You don't think they can but, gang uh, up? You don't think they can all? There there's, will be this moment of reckoning between Duke and Sam and BJ where they're like, we got to team up. <laughs> we got to group together. No. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Would you want to watch that though? You know, with that maybe, uh, well, you know, maybe placing bets on one thing, but Doom. Doom, maybe at Doom least Slayer, just Duke. 
Doom Slayer rips and tears, like, no, it's not even close. In my, in my opinion, you know, if anybody wants to fight for the rest of them. I think Doom Slayer could win it with a punch, right? Yeah. Berserker just... <laughs> they could all come at him and just like one punch. Yeah. Knock them all down. And each one he kills would like heal him. You know, because that's yeah, how it goes. Glory in that kills, game. Yep. Yeah, he immediately takes down Duke Nukem, gets health back, goes after yeah. Sirius Sam, gets ammo back, gets health back. Bro fist BJ Blazkowicz before eviscerating him. Actually, Duke Nukem uh, just dies of lung cancer before he gets started. <laughs> Whoa. Wow, Bloodworth. Taking it down, picking it right back up. <laughs> to talk about some video game news. I wanted to talk about Spider-Man. I was just itching to talk about Spider-Man, but the state of play that we saw today keeps getting more and more interesting. Sony had a very interesting week. There's three headlines I would yeah. like to discuss when it concerns Sony, but we should probably get into today's state of play, which I did enjoy. I liked the pace. Uh, it was a lot of developers talking about their own stuff. There were a lot of genuine, honest moments in it, and a lot of these were updates on games that we know. But the two big stories for me were Aeon Must Die and Hood Outlaws and Legends. Outlaws and Legends because we're curious what the heck this is. But Aeon Must Die because the devs quit the studio due Eon, to crunch. I'm sorry, Eon Must Die due to crunch and lack of payments. And the trailer was outsourced to artists without contracts. And like the staff of this game posted a huge Dropbox of all the different departments and documents saying what had happened to them, all just kind of, you know, organizing this information the way each of them wanted to. And I'm sure Sony didn't know about this. I don't know what you do now if you're Sony. I don't know what the fate of this game is, but what a completely bizarre thing that we found out. Ian, you broke this news, at least to well, us. Chat, chat broke it to me. I was I was watching chat, and they, they posted the link to that tweet where that guy was just like, this is created with abuse, manipulation, and theft. And, like, all of them quit. <laughs> yeah, like, oh I saw God. one thing in there, just scanning it really quickly, about, like, they were trying to work from home, and then they were, you know, like, getting angry uh, messages saying, like, why aren't you at work? I'm like, because there's a pandemic. <laughs> like, oh. yeah, was, there's a lot of craziness going on uh, in wow. all of that. Uh, but, yeah... It's hard to digest because there's so much information. Oh, everything that happened, it does seem like there was some kind of uh, little shell game that happened to where uh, the CEO ended up getting like all the shares of the company or majority shares and just sort of basically just blocked everyone out from being able to get, get their profits. I don't know. Does, does this look make Sony look bad? Do we not have an opinion about Sony on this? Does this not affect Sony at all? I don't think this is necessarily enough. a Sony issue. I mean, this yeah. is the developer and the, the publisher, Sony just... But, I mean, this them. event happened, and this is what people are just kind of fascinated and talking about right now. And it's... I could see Sony being like, um, it'd be great if you were talking about Pathless instead. But I guess this is just I mean, fascinating to cover. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know if they were even aware of it or not. Sounds like... Oh, yeah. How, I can't this... imagine how they would be. Yeah, because I feel like even the people who are affected by this weren't aware it was happening in this uh, in this presentation because I think they would have tried to preemptively done something to to say something to maybe get it stopped from being shown, but they probably had to scramble when they saw it was you know concluded in the state of play. So yeah, I'm not sure. There's been other videos that have been included in past presentations where it's come out either a creator or someone on the development team um, had done something you know 
bad in the past and maybe best to distance yourself from that project and i don't think sony's caught flack or whoever it was they didn't catch flack for any of those times it's as long as sony you know maybe just like you know if it comes if it's proven it's true they say yeah yeah we're not working with them anymore just you know denounce it or something that's all they have to do and i highly doubt they're gonna know well and it seems like this game is not likely to come out that's my next question. Is yeah. this I don't know. <laughs> right. Like, Stranger things have happened. We're getting a Kingdoms yeah. of Avalor remaster. You know, anything's possible. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he owns all of it and he can somehow hire people, but it's just one of these things where, yeah, one of the things I'm reading in the Kotaku summary is that, you know, he was averse to hiring people, and that's why, you know, they got into the, the crunch and, and the, the hard working conditions is because they just didn't have enough staff for what they were being told to do. But I'm thrilled that they could band together. I mean, that certainly must have taken a lot of coordination and a lot of focus. And um, it's just nice that, I mean, it probably was smart to do this today. It probably was smart, you know, to, to get out ahead and, uh, and mm-hmm. get the, the word out there. I just wonder if, uh, if people are really going to dig into this material, if this just, you know, like, what are the legal ramifications of this? And it's just not a huge game. So it's like I could, just could see this person releasing it in some form or just making an attempt to try to keep it still... Uh, in the public eye, so I'm extremely curious what's going to happen. Um, Treat your employees well, please. Yes. Uh, a good example of what will happen if you don't. Hood Outlaws and Legends is a multiplayer PvP PvE heist game coming to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, PC in 2021. Gather your team of outlaws and attempt to steal treasure from an oppressive government in a dark and violent medieval world. Two teams of players compete to execute the perfect heist in environments patrolled by deadly AI guards. Utilize the unique skills and mystical abilities of each character, moving in stealth to steal treasures unseen or dominating through loud and brutal combat. Did they sell this game well? Ian Hink. No. Well played. <laughs> I, uh... You don't like the C- CG with a sprinkle of gameplay? It doesn't get your heart pumping? No. And, like, when it culminates, I think Huber said it, too, or something, but it's, like, uh, the reveal of, like, oh, hey, it's it's multiplayer team that v team. Me. Oh, that was you. I said that. Uh, <laughs> Huber just made such a great point that that's just not a cool revelation anymore. No, I mean, what Ben said, I mean, hit the nail on the head for me because it's just... It's it's funny to me that you that you're highlighting this one because to me this is one of the like forgettable. Well, this new IP. <laughs> these well, are there too. You know, these are the two things we didn't know about. And one to me, to me, that's it's, the actually other crazy thing about you know, uh, Aeon Must Die is it, right. it was like a new IP announcement <laughs> and gone like right when it was announced. It's it's funny because stuff like this, like Hood, uh, I've just like we've been burned before, I guess like. For Honor came out. For Honor, I think, is actually, like, really cool, but it kind of didn't make a huge splash like we thought it might. And, like, I mean, to say nothing of the evolves of the world, you know? Like, many games have tried this, and few seem to break through. So I guess I'm just skeptical until we see actual game. Are there a lot of multiplayer fantasy-based, like, competitive games? Team-based competitive games? Fantasy. You know? Like, that was the thing about Fable Legends. I was bummed, Hmm. like... Well, you've got you've got stuff on PC. You've got like Mordhau and yeah. Chivalry and mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it's almost, it definitely exists. It almost feels to me like uh, almost like a fantasy Rainbow Six Siege kind of a mm. setup in a way. And if uh, that's what the if that's what like if it's heisty and cool and fun, then yeah, I could see it being really nice, cool. But 
we didn't get that there's, for this trailer. Yeah, there's not much to go on either. I mean, just like digging further into it, it's just watch the trailer, register for the beta and the newsletter. So they at least could have. This is kind of what we, we talked a little bit with like uh, Godfall. Like the, the information they were giving out wasn't very terribly useful to us. Um, we wanted to hear other things. And I think the same situation here where there was just not enough shown of this and the concept alone wasn't strong enough. So we'd like to dive into, you know, a little bit more of the inner workings and the structure of the game and the other systems. And there's none of that ready to go. It's just like, hey, sign up and we'll alert you when it's ready to talk about it again. It's like, I hate this. Like, no, like you got to have a stronger, stronger CG trailer, something cooler than that. That wasn't good enough. Uh, I think to me, it just didn't the the trailer and the presentation uh it just didn't sell what it was mm. you know like i learned more about this game from the email you know 10 minutes later yeah. than i i caught wind of in in the trailer and so i think that's kind of where it fell apart to me it was like godfall you know i'm, I'm just kind of like you're trying to sell me this thing and i'm not convinced there's more to it whereas with this i just i i don't even know what it is in you know watching the trailer so, I do think, yeah, especially now uh, with the way things take off with streaming and how kind of things get their moment in the sun, you know, a a, a like strong beta or something or um, just you know a good weekend on Steam could totally change this around. But yeah, I think it just being a a fantasy PvPVE thing with a showing that didn't really give you the hook super well. Um, it's not great, but I, I, I don't necessarily think that's the end of the world in terms of like this game's life. Yeah. One of the reasons this stood out to me, Ian, is that so many of these other things we totally knew about. Some of the stuff I was surprised, I, th I wasn't sure if this, because I hadn't heard of, you know, um, the pedestrian. I hadn't heard of, um, you know, some of the new stuff that uh, I'll, you know, probably be checking out. What am I looking for? Genshin Impact. There it is. <laughs> I definitely. That's, Breath I saw of the some, Waifu. Yeah. Oh, man. I saw some, game, saw some gameplay yeah. of just this gal floating around some, like, beautiful tropical, like, village. I'm like, yeah, sure. I will definitely play that. <laughs> but turns out a lot of this stuff, uh, we just got fun updates from, or it's coming to PS4, PS5, Vader Immortal coming to PSVR, uh, or we got a deep dive into, like, Bandicoot Pathless Spelunky 2. And the release date for Splunky 2, I was like, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, I, 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 we've had some state of plays that try to be everything all at once. And I liked that this definitely had a theme of, there were some fun surprises. We'd know Braid was going to get an anniversary edition, but we definitely were familiar with what was being said. We were familiar with these projects. We're familiar with Bug Snacks. It's, it was kind of nice having Are every. Are we familiar <laughs> with Bug Snacks? <laughs> we're about to get into, intimately familiar with Bug with Snacks. Bug Snacks. But it just all seemed kind of like similar news. So I like the way they cultivated this. And that's why something weird like this stealth shoot that like we, you know, looks kind of neat, but we don't know more about stood out and didn't line up with like, you know, even seeing Godfall again, but like getting cool new footage of control and um, Temtem is just hot, hot. Um, I think it's so it's a it's a funny maybe maybe part of why it didn't land like it it. It would not have been out of place in a traditional kind of E3 press conference, like, or like, or even like what we got from Xbox uh, last month. Um, but because this one had these like little five-minute deep dive vignettes about different games that were like were telling you what they were, mm -hmm. seeing a CG trailer for a new announcement 
while totally normal in the industry, felt a little weird in this presentation because it's like, I want that information. Like, you've put me in that headspace. So maybe that's why I felt underwhelmed because I was like, what is it, though? Like, Bloodworth said. Yeah. I think that's a good point, Ian. Is this a weird press conference to have right before you sell a new console? Was this fine? Was there anything about this that... Cause, and, and it's like Huber said while we were actually live streaming, that they set the expectations well. We kind of had yeah. a sense of what to expect or what not to expect. Oh, Yeah, I think yeah. what's interesting yeah. is that they set this expectation of, like, hey, we're not going to have any new PS5 announcements. And yet, in a way, they kind of did. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, th there are definitely things in there that are, are worth talking about. You know, like Hitman doing the PSVR thing in January, you know, that's that's going to be a big deal. Uh, mm -hmm. The Braid yeah. Anniversary Edition is a big deal. Spelunky, I think, is a big deal. And so I think, uh, yeah, that they actually, they went above what they set your expectations for, and that's why a yeah. lot of this was <laughs> successful. Yeah. But, oh, you go. Oh, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I, I think they... I think Sony is doing a better job of keeping tabs on what the discussions are out there about the speculation and expectations. And they probably saw a lot of chatter that there's supposed to be an August event. There's probably, there's even rumors that maybe the price would be revealed. There's even rumors that like they have a second showcase that they were holding back some big games from uh, their original showcase to save for the second one. And I think they're like, we have to clarify. No, it's not, it's none of this. And it worked, as you said, it worked very well. The funny thing I will, will be looking forward to in the future, though, is how long can you keep setting the bar low before people start, like, just automatically, no, they're just saying that. It's absolutely going to have bigger things in it. Like, people, I feel like people inevitably are, like, you know, their own worst enemies when it comes to this type of stuff. They will see a trend, a pattern, and assume that things must follow this trend and pattern. And these companies can absolutely do what they want. They don't have to follow this trend or pattern that you've made up. Or sometimes people just you know see it themselves so i'm waiting for the event where they say oh don't expect you know you know in the future like hey we're just doing a update on older ps5 games like next year things you already know about no brand new ps5 announcements and people are like uh-uh there's gonna be like you know residual like four remakes gonna be there and stuff and they go ridiculous with it it's like i i hope they don't well, do that but they will that that's kind of that's kind of in line with something i was thinking about too because i think the opposite could happen because the thing I'm starting to get concerned about, and I sort of talked about this a little during our reactions about Godfall being, like, the only thing at release or something besides Miles Morales, which obviously is going to be great. But, like, uh, the the thing I worry about is um, the, the opposite of that, where people's expectations start falling because they start to realize the truth that there is hardly anything to show. And, like... The, the weird thing that's starting to... The thing that's getting weirder and weirder for me over time is that we don't know the price points or re release dates for any of these consoles yet. And it's like, in the past console release cycles, we knew about that by now for, like, months, right? Like... Yeah, so 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 Ian, you're doing what I just was kind of alluding to I mean, in a yeah. different way. You're you're going based on patterns in the past and assuming right, they right, must play right. out this way. But as you, well, as but you were pointing out, but it, it also could result in the worst thing where things could actually be fine. The prices right. might not be insane. They might actually be at parity. There might be like five to six strong games for each system at lineup that we don't know about yet. That absolutely could happen. It's just it is though reasonable the more you deviate from what is the normal or what is the expected to start having these types of thoughts i think and well, uh, i think i think it, it i think it's probably a good 
maybe it's a good sign that they're reading the current state of the market correctly because like seven year cycle whatever like six seven years ago the way you announce something like things would stay news for longer i feel like mm. now they've got to hit that window get the news out there in the right time and close enough to launch and like sony has already said they're not going to just spring a pre-order on everybody they're yeah. going to say like you can pre-order at this time one per household whatever so it's like i think that they're very strategically saying like we're gonna have this will be news for a day and a half <laughs> before something crazy happens and no one cares about playstations anymore uh, so maybe it makes sense i do wonder if we would have known everything if it weren't for covid like if mm -hmm. it would have followed a more traditional cycle and maybe oh, the schedule would know. be different i mean i can't yeah imagine i think yeah, something would be definitely be. different the only final yeah. thing i'll add to that ian is though the one thing that could backfire on any of uh, both the companies is the I think also with the current situation, people are just, you know, being a little bit more responsible and careful with their money. Um, yeah. The less time they have to prep for a big purchase, the perhaps they're just going to pass on it and wait to buy it later down the road. So I do think there is a point where Sony might need like it'll, there's a point of getting too close where it might yeah. hurt them for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I think there's a couple of things going on. I do think the COVID situation is one of the biggest factors in multiple ways you know i think they're probably you know having to figure out like all of the the logistics and get that sorted out and make sure that they have a release date that they can absolutely hit um and i think that without a release date they don't have any real good reason to give a price uh you know because they need to you know essentially announce all that and have pre-orders available all at once um, and I think the other thing about that too is that without E3, they don't have that big mass of retailers to brief because that's a huge part of the E3 attendance is retail representatives and actual like those business deals of how many you are going to buy and all of that is going on. You know, it used to be, uh, I remember back in the old days of E3, there used to be like a section of Nintendo's booth and some of the other booths that was essentially just like set up like a GameStop. I just like had all the box arts for everything <laughs> around <laughs> um so that people again this buyers could come in and see what they were going to put on their shelves and see the packaging and so i think without that component happening that's kind of thrown everything off um and then i also feel like microsoft is sort of holding sony hostage a little bit i think microsoft has everything ready to go and no incentive to to play their cards so um you know they're more focused on selling game pass than they are on selling the xbox series x right even though the xbox series x is you know reportedly in all these people's houses and you know you know components wise ready to go so they should know what that thing costs well and like they're i mean they just keep proving over and over again like that they're they've started to play an entirely different game than yeah. sony like they're just they're just basically giving you a cheap pc to put in your house so that you can use game pass on it like that's what they're doing and like sony's like no we're gonna have exclusives and spider-man is ours forever and blah blah and it's just like that's that's getting to be not maybe gonna be the way that everything's gonna go forever i don't know Ian, i can't tell you if spider-man is gonna be sony's forever but spider-man is not gonna be <laughs> in avengers on xbox that's for sure <laughs> whether they or wanted to announce PC. it this week or not or on pc uh 
Sony said, yeah, Spider-Man is exclusive. And I I get it. I see why this happened. But I saw a lot of the people at Marvel and a lot of people at Crystal Dynamics. And, I mean, you, you make a cool deal. You got a fun game coming out. I guess you want to celebrate. But they were very just like, woohoo, thwip. And it's like, you can't expect... <laughs> <laughs> why are you tweeting that? What are you doing to yourself? <laughs> like, why are you just like, I want to ruin my day. Boop. You know, it's like, I, I'm surprised they didn't see all that coming or whether they were just like, I'm just going to not read that tweet. Tweets <laughs> replies. I'm just going to mute everybody. I don't care because of course everybody's going to be frustrated. And a lot of, we've spent all week, you know, this has been several days. People are going to talking about it. This is Thursday when we're recording it. It's going to be even older tomorrow, but I did just play the beta with Ben. Mm-hmm. Ben, how important is not just Spider-Man, but like just one character in the game that you played? What, how much of a loss do you think that is? Well, I, I think, I think a character is a significant deal, but I think the fact that it is Spider-Man is an even bigger deal. Of course. I mean, just just my own biases. Spider-Man is my favorite Marvel character. Right, and so if you if you're gonna put him in a game where I can choose a bunch of Marvel characters, I'm probably gonna be drawn to Spider-Man. And so, to me, this is just absolute grade A bullshit. Like, and it's it's so <laughs> infuriating uh, because, like, it's ridiculous to me that they're announcing it now, right? After all this time of talking about the game and and getting people excited and showing off different things, and it's just it, this is not the first time this has happened, right? Like, there are, there are countless other deals that you can look at and and critique. Those suck too. I'm not saying those don't suck. But uh, it's it's infuriating knowing that if you want to play on a different platform, you're paying the same amount of money for less, and that that's just that just sucks. Like I, I don't I don't know why you wouldn't be frustrated by that. Um, I've heard people try to say like, well, why don't you get upset about um, exclusive games? And it's like it's it's not quite the same thing, right? The game is exclusive to one other platform. You don't have another option. It's not like you're paying your same $60. That's a hypothetical thing. It's not like you're paying your $60 on a competing platform because that version of the game doesn't exist. Whereas here, you're paying the same amount of hard-earned money and you're just not getting the same amount of stuff. And that's ridiculous. Uh, Do you think that Microsoft will announce... Like, what if they came out and they were like, we've got, I don't know, somebody nuts. Like, Wolverine is in this. Uh, Crystal Dynamics said no. They said that's it. Oh, they said there's yeah. nobody else. He's, that's oh, the only oh, one. Yeah, that that's the only crazy. One, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> I mean, it is it is curious, you know, because like you know, in the past, like Soul Calibur has you know always sort of played around with exclusive characters, but um, but yeah, they've I, they've gotten away from that though. I mean, Soul Calibur Six doesn't have platform exclusive characters. Sure. Well, and back in the day, it was always like. They got this one and they got this one, you know, so it's like yeah. felt equal. And it yeah. usually made sense to an extent too. So yeah. So feel like completely betrayed. Let me Yeah, let me I ask think that's you... maybe the difference is that like, yeah. with, you know, Zelda being on a GameCube, obviously Zelda's not going to be on Xbox, right? So I think, I think a, a more contemporary comparison is for a long time, Destiny 2 and Destiny 1, I believe, had PS4 exclusive strikes. So, and it would be like exclusive for a period of time, but that's not good either. Right. Like I, I don't, I don't love this idea of having exclusives that devalue the other versions. Um, isn't, yeah. Isn't this also getting more than just Spider-Man exclusive? Didn't they follow up? They are getting, they're getting more than just Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, hang on. 
uh, will have exclusive access to certain community challenges um, and cosmetics. They'll have 30 day exclusive access to legendary outfits, legendary emote, epic takedowns. So it's cosmetics and some whatever community challenges are. Um, also, and as we saw, like the beta access is early. That's not that's not too uncommon. Seeing one platform getting a earlier beta access, and I don't think right. that's as big of a deal. But cosmetic stuff, I mean, I think that's always going to be around. But when you talk about the, the strike stuff, Ben's what made me think about this because I thought yeah. they mentioned something about actual legit content in there that mm. might be, you know, exclusive to a platform, and I, I hate that stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, that's also just the character is bad, but like not being able to just do like remediate like mission stuff. That's that that sucks even more to me, too, because like, hey, maybe I didn't like Spider-Man. That's fine. Wait, I don't even get this mission. Oh, come on. Really? Yeah. Is I'm it... curious that those are like Spider-Man missions. And right. That's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Is that going Is it weird? Is it do any of you like I always maybe I'm just taking the weird other read on it. But like. My assumption is always with a lot, like the Destiny strikes or like Call of Duty mm -hmm. gets this map on PlayStation, whatever. My assumption is always like that's a, it'll be a throwaway mission, like a kind of phoned in crappier mission or like, but you know what I mean? But in this instance, in this instance, like that kind of makes it even worse, right? So let's say you have Spider-Man come out on PS4 and he's amazing, right? And everybody right. wants to play him. He's super fun to play. That That sucks, right? Because only one platform gets him. If he's throwaway, then you just made Spider-Man throwaway, right? right? So right. that sucks too. And yeah. so I don't really see a huge upside yeah. in good, this particular instance. Such a good point too. Because also they also confirmed that this is not Marvel's Spider-Man. This is not the, the video right. game universe. So it's just like, I right. thought maybe it was going to be that. I'm like, okay, if it's going to be that, it makes a little bit more sense yeah, to would me. Yeah, would that make it better? Up. To me, it would be a little bit easier to swallow because... There was some actual thought behind it besides not just money, but like content lore and like building up maybe to something bigger. And it's only maybe possible because Sony has some of the rights. I mean, that's what Marvel's already doing with Spider-Man in, in the movie, the MCU. They have to work with, with Sony pictures yeah. to make it happen. So it's like, yeah, like let's let, make it happen. But it's not even that. It says Crystal Dynamics vision of Spider-Man. It's like, it could be awful. It's like, oh But no. I'm sure, I'm sure that it's all tangled in with the Sony rights stuff like sony owns the rights no right to the film they don't have anything not, this was, i mean game. not legally but it's it's how these conversations started obviously the video game rights right, to spider-man right. aren't owned by uh owned by sony they were it was clarified just that game's version of spider-man is, yeah. is sony's version of it that's theirs but like the rights aren't exclusively owned for video oh, game okay i thought it yeah. i thought it extended to the game because of that being exclusive no. that's interesting the, I, the one thing i wanted to ask you, Brandon, and Ben, since you've played it, I was watching the Mr. Yeah. Sunday movies uh, interpretation, reaction to the beta, and their kind of takeaway was that most of the time the levels don't feel like your your means of transportation, like which character you are, really has a huge impact. It doesn't super matter, like if you can fly or jump really far. Like they, they right. said, and I think, Jones, you might have said this too, that mm. Black Widow was their favorite because it felt the most active getting around and doing stuff. So to me, I wonder how much Spider-Man will even like make I mean, a difference. I think, I think you're correct and incorrect where characters do feel interchangeable in a lot of ways. And there weren't strong instances of like, Oh, I have to have this character or anything like that. But you know, you're still unlocking cosmetics for them because you want them to look cool. You're still getting gear. You're still building them up. And so I think 
just the way the game is designed around loot and unlockables, you're still getting attached to the characters, okay. right? And so all that stuff that you're you're earning for Spider-Man, you just won't be able to, to do that on other platforms. Yeah, one of the things about that though, that I thought was, was funny, I think I mentioned this to Brandon when I was looking, uh, checking out the uh, preview, the impressions you guys did, and I saw in the footage, there was a shot of Kamala doing a, a swinging motion, you mm-hmm. know, with, with her mm-hmm. arms. And yeah. And like right after there was a shot of Black Widow swinging with her grappling hook. And I'm like, oh, that <laughs> is going to be what Spider-Man looks like when he yep. swings. Yep. Because everything about that motion was exactly the same. I, I have to say, I don't. I don't think this paints a great picture for Crystal Dynamics. I think I think if you're trying to make a game that you're like, oh, this this is a platform, and we're going to be really in tune with our fans, and like we really care about you guys, this is not a move that communicates that, right? Uh, this is this is not a move that that makes me think you know you're you're valuing all of your players equally, uh, and I think it just kind of leaves a bad taste. Do you hear the statement from the head of Crystal Dynamics, Ben? Uh, I read something like, oh, you know, we're all big Marvel fans, but we're also all big PlayStation fans. <laughs> uh, uh, he had, I'll, I'll get through this very quickly. This is Scott Amos, the head of Crystal Dynamics. Spider-Man is a unique opportunity for us because of the relationship that PlayStation and Marvel have. I would say that Marvel's Avengers has a lot of heroes. And with the scope and breadth of this game and this universe, players are going to have their hands full with a lot to play with. And as we have just announced with Hawkeye, there are more heroes to come. So this is an opportunity to celebrate uniquely for those players because of that relationship. But I think there's so much of a world for people to explore. I wouldn't look as that as a reason not to embrace it. I would say... Look at all this stuff you get to play with. And for those players who absolutely want to play as Spider-Man, you have the option to do so on PlayStation. It is masterfully <laughs> written book. That is some great A corporate BS. I love it. Oh he's my excited. god. He's like he's like but wait, he's like That's 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 about on the level of do, you don't have access to the internet. We have a product for you, the Xbox 360. Like that's <laughs> right, about right. on par. <laughs> Speaking of the Xbox 360, uh, IFCYG on Patreon let us know that uh, when Ultimate Alliance launched, there were seven characters exclusive to Xbox 360. Seven. Cyclops, Hawkeye, Hulk, Doctor Doom, Magneto, Nightcrawler, and Venom. All exclusive wow. to the 360. So I don't know if this is... I, people, I do uh, get a little... I do get a little... upset before. I do get a little tired about that uh, when people are like, oh, you're upset about this thing. Well, what about this other thing that happened five years ago? And it's like, no, that... <laughs> yes, that's yeah. bad too. But we're talking about mm. this thing that's happening right now. <laughs> well, it's just a yeah, different time. I don't remember yeah. that. I don't remember being upset about that. I probably played it on 360. But uh, we will see. And Crystal Dynamics, known for exclusivity. You know, um, Shadow of the Tomb Return of the Tomb Raider. Return of the Tomb Raider? Rise, Rise? of the Tomb Raider? Rise. <laughs> right, right, right. Rise of the Tomb Raider, the Tomb Raider yeah. The Tomb Raider Strikes Back? And there, was, like, there was a lot of understandable um, yeah. frustration with that, too. Like, oh, people yeah. were upset about that, too. That deal was insane. Like that was an asinine deal, yeah. And they're just doing it again. <laughs> like I think learning. this one will work out a little bit better. Again, this one I think obviously is going to. People are mad because it, you know, it's it's a lot of people are like, I'm not going to play this game anymore, or they're just like, oh, I was not playing. <laughs> I'm playing on PS4, but damn, you got me, you know. So mm-hmm. I well, think this will like, definitely turn a lot more heads. I feel like that Tomb Raider didn't, you know, ruffle many feathers. It didn't mm-hmm. really like break the mold and it wasn't winning game of the year left and right and like from what i've seen of this avengers game it won't either uh well the the middle it looks like 
the way you're framing the Tomb Raider thing, Ian, is very interesting because I kind of agree with you, but I also think the reason it didn't get more excitement was because of because the steel, of, yeah, yeah. right? Like there, I think there was a lot of goodwill, you know, and I'm going off like memory and sentiment here, which is not the best judge, but there was a lot of people that loved 2013 Tomb Raider, but then I think this just left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth because this was still early enough on in the console generation where they're like, wait, I can't continue this story right. just because I don't have this system. And so right. I think I think that naturally neutered kind of the um, interest in Rise right. of the Tomb Raider at launch. I think that's kind of what I mean, yeah, is like their bad business decision killed people's enthusiasm for that thing. And mm -hmm. from what I've heard about this game and seen from this game, just the fact that this game isn't that great will make people care less about this in a couple of months. They'll just right? have to add it, more characters. It, it is interesting. On, uh, more stuff Amazon, to play with. Amazon's top, their top game sellers updated hourly. Uh, PS4 Avengers is number two. Mm. Uh, Xbox Avengers is all the way down at number 26. Whoa. Yeah. And apparently but, at one point they were much closer to each other. <laughs> but that uh, beta is coming up this weekend too, the PS4 pre-order right. beta. So, so okay. you, dude, you announce this now before the beta or after the beta? There's a lot of people yeah. be playing that beta on like, you know. But I mean, ideally, ideally you announced this forever ago, right? Like if, mm. if you're going to do this, yeah. I think being, as, obviously it's not that simple, right? Uh, and I'm sure these deals take a while to hammer out, but they shouldn't happen in the first place. But yeah, I, I just think it's it's a little odd to cultivate all this interest that have people know about your game forever, and then this close to launch, yeah, pull a move like this. Well, what, what if what if what? like oh, I was real quick. I was just gonna say like total conspiracy theory, but what if like Crystal Dynamics or somebody didn't like game pass or something like thought they were going to lose a bunch of money and so like intentionally did this to <laughs> to like shift the focus of the player base no not i saying think I that think is that. too conspiracy yeah. yeah that's insane but um but i, I was wondering like when is spider-man actually going to be available because i i get oh. the sense that this is a long it's, ways off if well, we, don't, if we didn't see here yeah if we didn't see him 2021 probably yeah i think yeah. i think they actually said it's sometime next year but i i could be wrong I have to look at the announcement again. Ian, <clears throat> if Sony didn't ruffle enough feathers, they also let us know that we can't play PS5 games with PS4 controllers. Yeah. Licensed racing wheels, this. arcade, and fight sticks will work with PS5 games and supported PS4 games. But it's not going to work. Uh, Xbox obviously has already told us that that stuff will, and they reminded us yeah. uh, with, a, with a really biting tweet, a nice retort. Uh, that's all your you can keep those console that, uh, controllers. that tweet that the response tweet because at first i was like oh this is a bummer but then i was thinking about it and that snarky tweet made me think about it too and so now i'm of two minds on this because on the one hand yeah i totally get it you want to be able to use your stuff on new stuff and whatever on the other hand what this really means is that Xbox isn't iterating in interesting ways on their hardware like isn't to a certain extent that's one of the things you want out of a new generation is this iteration to the point that new and interesting things are happening that old hardware is not capable of. And yeah. so like 
walking around going nanner nanner our controllers work on everything it's like yeah because they never change or get better or, or more interesting and i'm not saying i'm, I'm mm-hmm. again i'm mm-hmm. kind of on both sides of this one i i think i could maybe get behind that argument more if i felt like a larger number of people used the super unique features of each controller right. in interesting ways right right where i feel like you look at both the PS3 and the PS4, and there are exceptions to this, but most games treat those controllers like basic-ass controllers. Right. Um, there might be a little bit of experimentation here and there with either new hardware or at launch, but for the most part, uh, there's not too much going on to the point that I would not want to be able to... like use my old stuff because that would be economically beneficial to me. Do you see that well, changing on PS5, Ben? Do you see you playing DualSense and being like, oh, I get it. <laughs> get out of DualShock, well, you throw it out the window. Like, I mean, to be to be fair, I have not used the DualSense yet, so maybe maybe I'll be like, oh, I, hmm. I get it. I get what they're going for. This is a huge improvement. Maybe, um, but <laughs> probably not. Well, and it's, it's like because because xbox doesn't have the haptics or whatever all the you know multi-party multi-platform games can't dedicate huge game changing mechanics to that feature right and like Mm -hmm. in the past most of the gimmicky controller things kind of sucked like anytime a game like nintendo just won't stop with it like first thing i did paper mario was turn off motion controls (laughs) but it's just like you know so they're all kind of bad. So we'll see if haptics is yeah just a gimmick like six axis, like making you do this to try to. Well, that you said. <laughs> sorry, you caught in a frame trap, man. You said the wrong word. <laughs> oh no. Um, just the six axis. I can't. I'm getting flashbacks, man. I'm, yeah. Of a of a, yeah. of a cocky Sony showing off the PlayStation yeah. Three yep. at a ridiculous they were so price cocky point. cocky about it. But <laughs> the, the Xbox 360 controllers don't work on Xbox One. The PS3 doesn't work on PS4. Like this is something we should you know potentially should have seen coming, but. I can't stop thinking about that six axis and they, you know, just, just just the goofiness. I hope we don't get more of that leading up to launch. It's just so weird because the it feels like the jump from PS4 to PS5 and Xbox One, Xbox Series X, um, there there jumps up, but in terms of like architecture, that there there's less of an excuse, there's less of a technical hurdle to bringing right. those controllers up to speed. Like it's it's clearly uh, it's clearly a it feels like a move to maybe, as you said, m- make people think about the benefit of the the creativity aspect, whether or not it's actually going to be there or not what Ian was talking about. But at the same time, I think it's also a move to protect its like the future strength of its brand, that they want people to buy DualSense controllers. They want people to spend money on the new stuff because they probably get to – I mean – I don't think they're actually. I don't think they're gonna stop making the newest, new DualShock, newest Dual Shocks anytime soon. So and forget that point. I, I think they're just trying to force you to buy the new thing and buy multiple well, of them because they want you to have multiple controllers for them. Because Sony makes a lot of money, I think, on their accessories. I, I feel like they do really make a killing on them, and they just don't want to. This is a company that had at one point doomed one of its like most promising handhelds with a bunch of proprietary shit they just would not budge on with the yeah. Vita. Oh, the like, Vita the, 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 this, this, this is, this oh, is straight up, this cards. is straight up MO. <laughs> this is straight up Sony's MO. There's always one thing they're going to do that is like reeks of this crap. And like, I, I don't get it. Why pick the controller? This is like the, the thing that should be like a give me. I, I just don't get this. It well, seems it's, well, it, weird. It goes back to the same thing. It's a philosophical difference 
difference in in what they're in their approaches to generations. Like Sony is thinking of this as this is the new PlayStation, the new generation, the new machine. Uh, you know, so of course everything's going to be new. Of course the controller only works with that. Why wouldn't it? It's a new generation. Whereas Microsoft isn't making generations anymore. They're just making you buy cheap computers. Like that's but, that's a whole different philosophical thing. But eventually all this stuff adds up, right? And there are a ton of, I think just giving more options is just generally better, right? Like this is not, I can't speak for everybody, but I spent the money on the 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 elite 2 right and that thing is like my favorite controller ever i use it on my xbox all the time i use it on my pc all the time and you're right like maybe the dual sense would be a game changer and that'll be my new my new favorite controller but i already know that i like my elite 2 and so the fact that i know that i can use it on that new hardware I think is kind of comforting and cool that it's an option that is there for me. And I think that's that's really important. Yeah. And it's not just that, but I mean like there are times where it's like, oh, I you know, I wanna play that this game on my on the couch with my wife and we can do, you know, split screen and Master Chief collection, or I can just have my progress carry over on PC and play it alone there. I really like and the more I involved i get with it the more i appreciate the options and value that microsoft is is giving through these sorts of things totally agree ben and i'm getting a you're getting a dual sense controller with the ps5 i mean i'm assuming they they confirmed that right yeah you're getting at least one so i'm gonna have a controller that can i can play all their they have creative games that only make use of the dual sense so be it i have one but right. if i just prefer the feel of the dual shock 4 and i want right. to use it on other right. games why not let me do that it's as simple as that to me and i, mm-hmm. I and i think it's baffling yeah good point yeah yeah can you just see the sad astrobot when you plug in a ps4 controller and he's like, mm. <laughs> he's like come on astrobot go go and he's like but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I definitely, you know, I, I'm similarly kind of split, like Ian was saying. Like, I, I've definitely saw this is like, yeah, you, you should be innovating with your controller designs. I'm, and I'm way more positive on a lot of the past innovations. And I think, you know, even if it's not used, you know, like the six axis wasn't used really well in the launch lineup. It wasn't used well in Lair, but I do think that there have been a lot of subtle things that have come about. You know, like the you know, the graffiti in uh, Infamous Second Son, just shaking the flashlight in Last of Us, just things like that, that just having that augment of motion control helps in the same way that like having rumble helps. And I think that some of these features in the DualSense are along those lines. Uh, I, I just replayed Last of Us like two months ago and you could cut out shaking the controller to recharge the flashlight. That game would be just as good. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I appreciate what you're saying, and I agree with the sentiment, but a lot of times I don't think these things end up being all that meaningful. One, the one example I really, really loved was Silent Hill Shattered Memories when the phone call would come through the Wii controller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that was just so immersive and scary and Some wild. games do that well across yeah. Yeah, on Nintendo consoles or on. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, by and large, like, I don't, yeah, like jiggling the flashlight and stuff, I appreciate it because it's like, that's oh, a fun little thing. But yeah, it doesn't, it's not like a game changer. So Sony this week announced that, you know, 
hardware that we all own won't work with other things that Sony's doing. They announced a game that actually didn't have anybody currently developing it at the time, and they stole Spider-Man from half of the player base. <laughs> they had a fun week. Sony had a fun week. What's so funny is, like, <laughs> the last podcast I was on, I was critical of, of Microsoft because I didn't think <laughs> the showcase was very good. And now we're being critical of Sony. And yeah. just, it's, it's interesting to see the, the reverse where it's like, Oh, your Sony shills. Oh, your Microsoft shills. It's like, no, it's just what we think. <laughs> and now, a word from our sponsor. If you're like me, then you enjoy eating but not cooking. I'm sorry, Ben. That's why I love using Postmates, but I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they created non-contact deliveries. So now when you order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside of your door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which you can use to order takeout from your favorite local restaurants. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. Ordering local is a great way to support the community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi, they actually make your life easier by picking up everything you need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside your door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. I consider a personal victory. I've said this before, I'll say it again forever. Anytime we order out, because Amanda is a wonderful cook. She loves preparing food. She's done an amazing job with groceries so far. But every now and then, she's just like, oh, like tomorrow night's pizza night. And she's like, I'm out of, I'm out of mozzarella. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad. We, you know. But get something, get something super tasty. And it's so easy to get. And I'm not sure what to read into that, Joe. It's, it's just not. <laughs> I just, I just like. I just like take it. I just like other people making things. I just like to make it easy. Sure. And this yeah. is just, ah, this is just set up. Ease of use, that, I mean, that's delicious. That fills up my stomach when I just think of how easy stuff can be when I don't have to prepare it for myself. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code EASYALLIES, all one word, that's code EASYALLIES, for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Post made it. And if you are a patron of Easy Allies, thank you. Well, Microsoft did something this week, Ben. iCloud, no, or iCloud, xCloud no longer works with iOS. Yeah. And problem I might not ever. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. It's just well, like, will DualSense be significant? We just you cross your fingers. <laughs> like, I read before the out. podcast that the the App Store. Apple came out and said, like, yes, this doesn't, because of, this doesn't comply with App Store guidelines. Things on it, guidelines. And I think, I believe, and you could correct me, hopefully, that it's because it's going into beta. And in order to do that on iOS, you have to go through a very specific program. And so if you're not doing it, there's some conflict there. Uh, there's a lot of weird things there, but yeah, there's also this whole thing about it. Yeah, connecting to cloud services that are not on a machine that you own is a whole thing. And then also because you're going to be playing software that yeah. Apple hasn't approved to put on the App Store. There's just like all kinds of weird little things. Well, and, that, and like maybe I'm maybe I'm jaded. Uh, I'm a I'm a recovered Apple user. I used to be all Apple and now I'm no Apple. Um, but uh I can't help but think I'm like okay but what's the like the what's the monetary reason that you don't allow this cuz like a lot of stuff in the past on the app store is always just like 
you know, like Netflix had to be more expensive on there or whatever because of their their they, fees and stuff, whatever it was. They wouldn't and allow like, you to like buy uh, on Prime Video. You couldn't buy videos. Right, you know, you know, right. Oh like, God, because it's it was so like annoying. it had to be, it had to be. Yeah, it was so yeah. stupid. Because they want you to like buy that. them on iTunes, and it's yeah. just like. So it's so, like I, I was trying to think. I'm like, okay, are they doing a cloud gaming thing, and that's why they're killing this, so that they can just make money and force you to use their thing? Well, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna be playing games on your iPhone and not using any of the iPhone ecosystem, or well, you also right. have Apple Arcade. Yeah, to think that's about. Yes. right. Yeah. Apple Arcade's probably the. Biggest so like to me, it's it's just so transparently just like. Like so, capitalist yeah. insanity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've I've used an iPhone my whole like ever not my whole life, but ever since I started <laughs> using smartphones, right? And I heard you were born with an iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> no, not my whole life, but you know, for as long as I've been using smartphones for so a long time, like since high school, um, and the I. I don't know if I or xCloud is any good. I haven't used it, but the idea of it is super appealing. And on top of other things that we've just mentioned, it's really making me think about moving over to Android. Like, I wonder if it would just be yes. less fuss, you know? <laughs> well, it's pretty damn fussy, but... Is it? It's fun. <laughs> you, <you're> done... <laughs> That's not a great sell. <laughs> <laughs> there's just no there's just no perfect answer ian i've had a yeah. i've had apple products ever since i knew what a computer was I, I don't think i'm i'm shackled for life i don't know if i could ever make the jump the apple shackles man it would take it would take yourself. a lot and i do play a ton of mobile games so it's just like on the go stuff i think i'm pretty much covered as far as entertainment is concerned but this definitely this ball is completely in apple's court i don't think uh, because stadia yeah. is also on the yeah. chopping block as well you know so yeah. uh, but to go with this it well, should well in more than one way no hello um but yeah, it should be noted like how much stuff that Microsoft revealed related to this. You know, they there's a whole line of different controllers to come out with. Uh, I remember last GDC they were showing just how easily they had made their entire like development kit to accommodate touchscreen controls and really like not just putting a bunch of buttons on screen, but to like really adapt to make sense on a touchscreen. Uh, Xbox is going hard for this because they know how many millions and millions of people will be able to play their games on a phone that can't even afford to, you know, just invest in a gaming console or a gaming PC. Mm. So it's really a market they're they're hoping to tap into and having that, you know, bundled in with Game Pass and everything else is just part of that big strategy. That's the secret sauce, though, yeah. right? Is is that Game Pass bundling it in with Game Pass? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But for I, me, the yeah. the personal the personal take on it is like I really don't care about this fight because if I use XCloud, it's gonna be so that I can use it on like a laptop or something, mm-hmm. not a phone. You know, so I don't have to take my Xbox with me when I travel across the country. Yeah. You're it's, no it's fun, so, Bloodworth. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, Microsoft, I really, really, really respect the direction that they're headed, and I think they're being really forward-thinking. But at the same time, it's like, I've been playing a lot of Sea of Thieves lately, and it's like, the, the, the like, hoops you have to jump through to just get someone on your damn boat, like, with, like, four, four PC apps and, like, all well, this stuff. I just bought this, I got the, like, custom Xbox controller or whatever, and, like, Pairing it through normal Bluetooth didn't work, but going to the control panel and just adding a new hardware device worked immediately. And now it's fine. And it's just like, this is your own infrastructure, and it's insane. There's like six different Xbox apps on my computer. 
Not to four, mention how how comically awful the Windows Store still Good is. Yeah. Lord, it's and the, it's the Xbox it's, imp- it's almost impressive how how bad the Windows Store. There's is. the Windows Store. There's the Xbox app. There's the Xbox console companion app. There's the yeah. Xbox like uh, dashboard like hub thing that's like, just a like a game widget. Bar, I think it is. Yeah, the game like bar. There's the uh, Xbox Insider thing. It's just like just do one thing. And like we try every single way to invite, uh, like Sophia to my my boat, and which one works is different every time. Hmm. It's hilarious. So like, XCloud touting how easily this is going to work across all things, I'm skeptical, because <laughs> it doesn't even work on their own operating system. But I I mean I'm just especially after Stadia. <laughs> I'm just yeah. skeptical of game streaming in general. Yeah, right? yeah. Happy to be proven wrong. Want Love it to, to work. Excite, excited about the idea, but it's so early. Yeah, yeah. It's, it'll you know we'll we'll get there. It's just yeah, tis very early and maybe too much to ask for Microsoft and Apple to make it work. It sounds like these are they're bad for each other. You know, it just sounds like they gotta. <laughs> well, isn't Apple behind on five G as well? Apple's behind on a lot of stuff. Blood you blood. sniffing what blood? Well, I'm just saying, like, the, the game streaming is, is, like, a perfect use case for 5G, and if iPhones aren't really there yet, then it sort of makes sense anyways to stay on Android. Don't it's you just, know that 5G makes you grow extra eyes on your jaw? That's what I heard. What? Did they know this? Like, did, how did everybody know Now, now, now our podcast this? is going to get taken down for <laughs> conspiracy theories. Great. Conspiracy. <laughs> we'll discuss that after the podcast. I mean, why why say this now? Did this just accidentally come out? Do you think they got pressured to say this? It's well, like, there's a big Samsung event where they highlighted this. Uh, there's a press conference that Samsung had for the new phones and the Galaxy Cloud and everything. Note, yeah, whatever. So they definitely knew it was coming, and they they shut that service off basically right after they made all these Android announcements. How long they've known, I don't know. Yeah, we were just always really curious about this, and if you had the answers, I just don't know why you talk about this now. Because the good news is uh, Xbox. Game Pass, which has a different logo now, but it's still called Xbox Game Pass, uh, will add the service on September 15th. Of course, just Android, but um, yay. So, weird to get both of those things at the same time. I guess just, you know, two pills to swallow at the same time. But um, we will see if how that works on September 15th. Ben, are you optimistic? <laughs> About Androids, at least? Uh... I don't know. I'm curious to try one. I, I'm so out of my element when it comes to Android phones that I don't know what to get. But get that hot I, new for, Samsung. XCloud works on it great. I hear. Uh, <laughs> as far as XCloud goes, optimistic but skeptical is what I would say. At the same time, yeah, both things. I think what used to be E3 and is now not E3 is we're, we're done with that. We still got some Summer Game Fest stuff, but like all of the E3 stuff. Um, and so now we get to, you know, fall, fall's coming. You know, the, the colors are changing and the Game Developers Conference is here or not here, kind of here. You have to get tickets. You got to sign up for it still. Oh, yeah. It's it fills the capacity. Event. How does that work? Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Well, GDC, yeah, GDC was supposed to be in March. It got canceled. It got moved to summer, and then the summer was like obviously not going to happen. So they canceled that and made it a virtual event. Uh, but yeah, so Ian and I have been to a few sessions because uh, we still have press passes, and uh, it's what we're going to talk about a bit more in a standalone video. But it's yeah, it's interesting the way they've set it up because some parts of it 
actually feel perfectly comfortable, perfectly like GDC. You know, there there's essentially you know sessions that are uh, most of them are pre-recorded. Some of them are live, and then they've got like a chat window there, so you can talk in, with other people, and including sometimes the the speaker. If it's pre-recorded, the speaker will be in chat talking to people and answering, yeah. cool. answering questions. Um, and so, that, but they still have like a whole schedule for the three days this week. The other parts of it that are really weird is they have like virtual booths and meeting connections and stuff like that, and it's really strange because it doesn't feel like I know what I should be doing with that. <laughs> Cause I look through and like, okay, well there's a trailer for this indie game and you know, book a meeting. And I'm like, well, but, but book a meeting to do what exactly? <laughs> <You know? laughs> what am I going to do in this virtual meeting? So it's a lot different than just like wandering around Epic's booth and looking for Megan Rue and Dan Daniel Kaiser. <laughs> so right. Yeah, yeah. That's the big part of it. It's just like running into people. And now the only way I can really run into people is if I see somebody in a chat room during a session. Has that happened? Uh, not really. I mean, Austin Winery, during his session, mm -hmm. he was in there. So there's a little banter back and forth. But So just let that, it be known, right? everybody, if you're going to be in there, Bloodworth's looking to hang out. <laughs> he wants to, he well, wants to know now, how your yeah. GDC is going. Ian, how's your yeah. GDC going? What, what have you checked out so far? Uh, I've watched four or five uh, events and um, or talks, and they're interesting. Like, uh, yeah, like Bud said, they're they're forty five minute, half hour little whoop little talks. Sorry, I stuttered there for a minute. Uh, and the the keynote speech style, like lecture with a PowerPoint, worked fairly well. Uh, and then they've been doing a lot of like music performance stuff, which I thought were pretty cool. Um, but yeah, you definitely miss out on just kind of that discoverability thing. And like looking through the, when I was looking at the list of what was going to be normal GDC back in whenever, uh, and I mean, like I was going to do train jam and I was going to do a whole bunch of stuff like GDC yeah. is going to be a whole thing for me. Train this jam year. was like the last thing <laughs> train jam, like canceled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was it was sad. But um like there were my schedule was almost entirely full of events. And sadly, like I think just due to scale or something, like, you know, I I looked through all three days of this and five or six of them I were like, Okay, that's cool. Um, but a lot of the little things didn't happen. Some of them I do know uh from the the old GDC went onto the vault, I think. Like they put up online a lot of the the old talks that were going to be back there. So this is like a new, fresh GDC oh, thing. So it's just a little smaller scale, um, but yeah. it's cool. I mean, a lot of the things that would have been there have already happened in that yeah. sense. You know, the Unreal presentation <laughs> that was going to be a GDC. Or even um, like fun stuff, just like a seventh guest retrospective or whatever. It's like, cool. yeah, less stuff like that. And this is more just like, it, this is a lot more focused on um game developers in a more like production kind of setting i think uh there's uh you you'll appreciate this brand there's quite a few uh they've had like they've had like guided meditation things yes, yes. Tai Chi um, and some yeah. yoga things oh and, man uh, one of my one of the pax panels i submitted fingers crossed <laughs> Yeah, yeah, some of the things that have made it through have been wellness, like, you know, very... baby. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, very current topics, you know, like working from home stuff mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, abusive workplace issues and, and wow. things like that. But it's just, yeah, as Ian was saying, like the volume is just so much less. Uh, yeah. You know, do we, I, I haven't seen uh, much there from like Ubisoft or Nintendo or Xbox. It's, you know, it, and you know, he's talking about, you know, he's seeing like five or six things out of the course of the whole three days. Whereas I, I would look at a GDC schedule in the past and be like, okay, there's five or six things I want to do in this half hour block. Right. What right. am I going to pick? Like you know, I have to choose one over the other in past GDCs, yeah. And, and there will literally be at times where in the same hour there will be 20 or 30 sessions going on at GDC. Yeah. Um, so there's, yeah, there's just a lot less going on. That said, though, the the website that they built to house this, I thought is phenomenal. You you have a, you just, you see a session you want to do, you click it, it adds it to your schedule. Um, sometimes they fill up. There's like a limited number of They're seats. interactive sessions, yeah. Hmm. Okay. But two of the ones I, or I guess maybe the ones I did, none of them were interactive. But um, uh, yeah, the the website just worked really well. Everything went live ten minutes before with a little music and stuff. It was just really really slick. I I really liked the experience of this GDC online. So uh, yeah, a lot of people have to do events like this again potentially. You know, like uh, uh, we'll we'll get into that. But uh, BlizzCon's not happening until next year, and so I wonder wonder how closely a lot of these different companies and developers and stuff are watching these events when they happen learning when things go well uh but it'll by the time somebody's listening to this podcast it's over right do we have one more day or today was the last day it, no this today was, was the last yeah. day you missed it everybody sorry also this week animal crossing new horizons is now the second best selling game on the switch it has sold 22 million units animal crossing new horizons has sold more copies than every metroid game combined in a three-month period <laughs> in a three-month yeah. period yeah <laughs> Uh, that, we didn't need to know that. I just, uh, but that was a tweet. Yeah, they had an update. There's some fireworks in there now. Uh, but there was a uh, financial report. This is just a kind of crazy week it was that we didn't really, you know, didn't made the decision not to deep dive into that uh, financial report. But from April to June 2020, Nintendo's profits increased by 427%. <laughs> Boy, talk about the right game at the right time, huh? Yeah. yeah. It's Jeez. insane. It's insane. It, it but there's been a lot yeah. of sales out beyond that. Yeah. Like Animal Crossing is a big point, but like, there's yeah. everything yeah yeah xenoblade Including selling the, what over a million mm -hmm. yep the yeah. highest selling version of the original xenoblade you're doing me proud of yeah. which is about to outsell the nes yes that's the thing that's the biggest news is that it almost it sold just under six million units in a, in a quarter again um so it's way ahead of its uh target and uh like yes, yeah, so this so this report went through June thirtieth. We're we're over a month past that. It has easily now passed the NES as the second best selling console from Nintendo, only behind Wii. Uh, but it still has uh, some handheld. Uh, I believe I was going to gonna say Game Boy is DS. still way out there. Yeah, yeah, the Game Boy and the DS. I think it still has to surpass them. That's what I'm saying. All these all these other big boys, they're trying to get their teraflops in there. When already like the Switch just shows like all you got to do is be cute. Yeah, man, and, and everything's perfect. Pikmin Three Deluxe coming to Switch. This, yeah, this, this I'm actually, Oof, I'm actually very excited about that. Nothing but good news for Switch open, owners. I don't know if you want to open that door. That, I mean, I didn't play Pikmin Three, so I'm stoked. Yeah, I don't think I never played it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you're aware, but that, this is the, the the third strike for Nintendo. Uh, people <laughs> love to throw on anti-consumer. If you'd like to, if you like to really talk about that, uh, they delisted Pikmin Three from Wii. 
uh, from Wii U, sorry. Uh, $20 version of, of that, following in the footsteps of New Super <laughs> Mario Brothers uh, Wii U. Got delisted, I believe, and they're charging full price for the new one. That Donkey is, Con- and that Donkey is... Kong Country Tropical Freeze was the first one. I at that time I was <laughs> I willing to give it. A, yeah, the de- it's so all things being said, the delisting wow. part, delisting it. Who the hell is gonna go buy it on Wii U right now? Twelve people are gonna go buy it on Wii U for <laughs> yeah, cheaper but, uh, at this point. But like, it's yeah. shitty. It's a scumbag <laughs> thing to do. It's a scumbag it's, thing it, to it, do. It, it, it hurts such a small group of people. Like, what? Why? Even, what are like, you doing? The negative, the negative backlash from this has to be way worse than just leaving it up for on the Wii U shop. They're like, trying to on. do you a favor, Damian. They're trying to make sure that you always get the best possible version. That of that is so that's scummy. stupid yeah. and scummy. What I think is hilarious. It, you know, talk, you know, we just talked about the the sales numbers of the Switch, right? I think if if everybody that could possibly want to play this game and pay less for it went out there and bought the leftover used Wii U's that are in stores, <laughs> it still wouldn't make a dent. In this yeah. Game sales. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the point. It, it's like the such only a thing weird they're doing is cutting fight. themselves out of like. Three instances of twenty dollars, <laughs> like it's so and bizarre. making everyone mad in the process. So bizarre, Ben. You know it is a nice thing to do, though. Halo Infinite multiplayer will be free to play, and it'll apparently this... run one hundred twenty frames per second on Xbox Series X. Free to play, though. This is this and is Halo a big deal. This yeah. is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clarification request: Lots Is it free to play? Just full stop, or do you have to buy no. the game? So, so uh, my my understanding of it is it'll be kind of like the way Warzone is handled mm-hmm. with Call of Duty, right? So, you, there's a there's a you could download the multiplayer section of okay. Halo Infinite for free. The exact details we don't know yet. They haven't gone in depth into everything. Uh, what's going to be there? But you'll download that. You won't be able to access the campaign at all. But you'll have access to the multiplayer and you know can progress. I guess that's what free to play, to play means. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, I imagine a lot of people will be playing that game. Battletoads got a release yeah. date, August twentieth. Uh, they're making yeah, that was weird. Uh, Netflix needs to slow down. They're making a Beyond Good and Evil film, along with just ever. They're making like ten different video game projects right now. So. No game, but no game. Game. yeah, the not, game's not, never coming news, out. not the news I wanted for that project. Uh, I'll take this news. Leisure Suit Larry: Wet Dreams Dry twice was announced. Blood's not a fan. Say that again. God. What? Did you say Wet Dreams Dry Twice? Wet Dreams Dry Twice, the sequel to Wet Dreams Don't Dry, which I heard good things about, so there. Shut Uh, up, shut up, stop it. Analog Pocket. He's apparently looking to settle down now? Yeah, he's going to get married. I've... I've played a fair amount of Leisure Suit Larry games in my day. I enjoy that franchise. Okay. You perv. Yeah. You are the anime sex games yeah, yeah. guy. I've read a few Playboys, too. Nyak, nyak. <sighs> the Analog Pocket pre-order sold out in 15 minutes, but made a lot of people angry at the same time. Yeah. Uh, mm. Ninja had his Twitch channel restored, uh, and Dr. Disrespect is now on YouTube. So that did that. <laughs> Do we ever are... find out what happened with that guy? No, nope. like, nope. we don't know. Nope. Still But he's on YouTube uh. now. And uh, doing very well as this ninja. Uh, Blizzard's doing BlizzCon in early 2021. Uh, this was also fascinating. Man, too much to talk about. Activision Blizzard, maybe we'll talk about this more next week. Activision Blizzard reported record results for Q2 2020. S- hours before that, a bunch of Activision Blizzard employees created a document to highlight the yes. pay disparity at Blizzard. Yep. Yes, so good on them. Everyone's okay. just parsing both of those massive amounts of information. Uh, and uh, I'm curious to see how that will develop. Street Fighter V is getting Dan, Rose, Oro, and Akira from rival schools. Yes. Yes. 
what what an awesome lineup of characters. Um, That's good to hear. Yeah, I think it's 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 weird, and there are rumors going around, right? And these are just rumors that this was kind of done as an emergency thing because they they were planning on having Street Fighter Six come out earlier, mm. and to kind of this was this is filling the gap. As they oh. rework Street Fighter Six, but I don't want to get too much into that because that's unconfirmed. However, I want to say that the the way that they presented this uh, and the characters that they chose, fantastic. By preference, I think I think Akira is the most exciting out of the lineup, and I wish we were starting with that. Um, and I think it's a little bit of a bummer how spread out all of the characters are. But considering the current situation, and if this was maybe thrown together last minute, I, I kind of understand. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's really interesting how much certain characters being announced can just yeah. raise your interest level in something. Like, I want to check out every single character that they announced. That's great. I'm happy for you, Ben. You've been frustrated on this podcast before. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, about that franchise. Uh, yes. The Intellivision reboot was delayed to April 2021. Uh, Drew Scanlon, a.k.a. the blinking gift guy, uh, ex-Giant oh, yeah. Bomb, joined Other Ocean slash Digital Eclipse... Yep. Hmm. Same place Chris Kohler went. So they're going to be people doing getting, some history yeah. projects. Doom Eternal and Elder Scrolls Online are coming to Xbox Series X and PS5 eventually. Uh, don't know when that is exactly going to happen. Uh, we, oh, is sorry. the crowd that cheers about Elder Scrolls Online going to be on Xbox Series X as well? Oh, I wouldn't that be great? That, would that, be <laughs> that'd be a great skin you could get like on your desktop or something on your console. Just every time you switch to like a new game or something, like yeah. Um, I get that. There will be a new Cyberpunk 2077 Night City Wire on August 10th, 9 a.m. That's this Monday. Mark your calendars. Anyone who listens to this podcast, Friday or Sunday, you still have time to mark your calendar and check that out if you're curious. And this is amazing. Did you hear about this, Damiani? John Boyne's novel, who is a fantasy, he mixes fantasy and reality. His latest novel, A Traveler at the Gates of Wisdom, mentions Red Lazalfos and Hylian Shrooms. But not because that guy wanted to. He clearly just Googled some recipes of something and just, like, yoinked those. And I don't think realized he was quoting Breath of the Wild. But he did. <laughs> okay. It's just one of those bits. It's a happy accident. All right. Yeah, it's like when you, like, grab a tune or grab a name from something and you're like, that name doesn't mean anything to me. So surely it doesn't mean anything to the rest of the world. <laughs> but then It means that that book is in canon with Breath of the Wild. Yep. So if you're a Nintendo is. fan, put it on your reading list. It is time for Love and Respect. Whoa. Love and Respect. Love and respect. Got distorted there a little Rufus, bit. Rufus, like, best he can. crap out for a sec? It's not the notes he plays, it's the notes he doesn't play. <laughs> it's like jazz. Yeah, man. <laughs> Jason Wojnar, hi, allies. I know some of you are musicians, just like Rufus. I recall seeing guitars hanging in Brad's background, and Ian sings and plays piano, if I remember correctly. I'm currently studying voice in Kiev, Ukraine, although I am... It's K-Y-I-V, Kiev? Ukraine, though I'm an American. Uh, sure, let's go with that. And I pay for my studies with freelance writing mainly about video games. My question for the musicians among the allies is, how do you still engage with music? Do you still practice in a traditional sense, i.e. learning new exercises, ways to play scales, or new challenging pieces, or write music, or is it just more of a fun diversion? Love and respect, Jason Wojnar. I, is it a diversion for you, Ian? I, uh, well, I mean, it is it's enjoyable. I, I am trying to write music personally. Um, and sometimes I do little small projects like, oh, I need to do a fan mail or whatever. So I'll spend a few hours and make like a 
kind of one sitting kind of song like I used to do for Easy Update, or I'll make a song for this RPG project that I'm way behind on, or uh, it's the making actual songs for an actual album that's the real hard part. But I've gotten into modular synthesis, which is really cool because sometimes you could like you know what you're doing sort of, but like you could be very surprised and just let it emerge. And then you like take a little snippet of that and like play piano over it or something, and things can get real wild. I should definitely do more practicing of scales and and learn my theory, relearn I guess my theory, um, and I should do more voice exercises and stuff uh, just to keep the instrument uh, in tune. You know. I do not. But, I learned piano at a young age. I'm you know I've got no piano skills now um, beyond just like I think it's that note. No, it's that one. Yeah, uh, but I do sing a lot. I have sung all my life, and having the little Milo there has been a nice little. I'm like, I am gonna learn the words to Rainbow Connection. I think I know them, and I looked them up. I'm like, I mostly had them. Nice, um, but it's fun going songs back to musical dark. theater and finding songs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I found a great Sweeney Todd, a, a musical about a serial killer, does have a really good lullaby in it. There is one song. That I'm like, <laughs> okay, talks about demons and stuff, but I'm like, I'll just take that one song. Um, so thank you, Milo, for getting me back singing again. Did you watch that Sondheim 90th birthday special? No, I heard about that, but yeah, I heard that it was very special. It had some real good stuff in a it. A fun cast. Let's play a game from SpongeJ1. Hello, allies. I've returned with a new batch of games that everyone knows and maybe everyone loves for a new iteration of Time Splitters. If you haven't played it, simple. Out of two games listed, which, according to how long to beat, is shortest. There was a bit of confusion last time we played this. this. You're working for the shorter game. Note, this okay. is for the main story of the game, not the completionist or main plus extra items or anything. This is just the the you know the main path, main story. Love and respect. Nice. And sorry, Enforcer, SpongeJ1. Paper Mario 64 or Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door? Which was shorter? Paper, Paper Mario 64. 64. Yeah. That'd Paper be Mario my 64. guess. 23 hours. Thousand Year Door was 30 and a half. Woo. Control versus Alan Wake. Alan Ooh. Wake. Control. Alan Wake. Yeah, Alan Wake. Well, Alan w- uh, Control. Uh, control Alan now Wake. is longer with the DLC. No, no, no. Main no, story. no, no. It's just main story. It's just main story. story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alan now. Wake. Alan Wake's 11 Alan hours, Wake. Control's 11 and a half. Yeah. I think, I think you can. Close. I can, Close. I can make Alan Wake run for an 11 and a half. Oh. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey versus Super Mario Sunshine. Uh, main story. Super Mario Sunshine. Sunshine, Sunshine. Odyssey for main story, I think. I feel like Sunshine's pretty long. Sunshine, uh, is, Sunshine can go pretty memories. quick. I love both of those games. I do too. I feel like Odyssey they're very is, close. Odyssey is yeah. well, eh. Odyssey's twelve and a half. Sunshine's sixteen and a half. Yeah. I mean, like, I I guess if you're super crit pathing it with Odyssey, but who does that? Who plays the game that way? <laughs> how the long to beat? How long does to that apparently? Yeah. Yep. It's just like Open Critic. It's just like, hey, take it up with them. Undertale versus Earthbound. Let's kind of know this. Undertale. Undertale. No, it's not that tough. Undertale six yeah. and a half, while Earthbound is twenty-eight. Yeah. Yeah. Bloodworth spent all twenty-eight of those hours in my house. Rayman <laughs> Origins versus Rayman Legends. <laughs> no Legends. Idea. Uh. The shorter mm. one. What's shorter? Legends or Origins? I'm trying to remember. I, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I, both of these. Me too. Origin. I'm gonna say. Mm, I'm gonna say Legends. Actually, I think Legends is shorter. That's correct. Legends is nine and a half. Origins is eleven. Yeah. Uh, Dark Souls one original, not remastered, versus Demon Souls. <laughs> Dark Souls versus Demon Souls. Oh man. Uh, 
First playthrough? First playthrough, main story. I'm Oof. gonna say Demon Souls. Yeah, it edged toward Demon Souls. Uh, Tis thirty one. Dark Souls at a meaty forty six hours. Yeah, I remember really my well. game. My game clock when I finished Dark Souls one was like two hundred hours. <laughs> so I like because I'd done so much. Yeah, it, that's what's weird to me. Is like I feel like those games could easily be shorter on those. Well, Demon Souls is just the way that it's structured, more segmented. Where yeah. Dark Souls, I think, has a, has a greater opportunity to get lost. Not that you don't have that in Demon Souls, you do, but not to the same extent. Hey, Blood. Witcher three versus GTA five. What do you got? What do you oh, got, Witcher man? three. What do you got? Which one's the shorter the shorter? game? They're GTA both so long. Main quest. <laughs> GTA five. What do you got? Sadly, it is thirty-one and a half. Witcher three is fifty-one longest game oh, wait. on the list. I was I, I did the thing. I, did the I, thing. I was saying <laughs> for longer. Yep. <laughs> saying I believe for longer. you. Who, who thinks Witcher is shorter than GTA Five? Yeah, yeah. No. 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 Yeah. 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 If Whoops. if Witcher had convertibles, it'd be a much different story. <laughs> Sneak King versus Pepsi Man. <laughs> <laughs> Sneak King. Uh, Pepsi Man. Uh, let's go, Pepsi Man. Let's go Pepsi Sneak Man. King. Right. It's supposed to be a two hour Sneak King's three. <laughs> oh, awesome! Gosh. And I finally, just to say Pepsi King. Blinks. I love that all these games are logged. Blinks, the Time Sweeper versus Sly Cooper and the Thievius Raccoonus. The very first Sly Ooh, game. Ooh, Sly Cooper 1 is super short. I'm going to say Sly yeah, Cooper because I, I don't know anything about that other one. I'm going to say, I'm I gonna say Sly Cooper. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Sly yeah. 7 hours, Blinks is 9 and a half. Thank you, Sponge J1. Those are always fun. I don't do know how well I would cool do with those. Stuff? I don't know. That's a, that's a sacrifice I make as moderator. I will never know how I will ever do it any of these games. Um. You could have one of us up. do it one time if you want. I think nah. we crushed that one. I think yeah, it's we, safe to say we, 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 we crushed that one. Yeah. Do you remember that Cool Spot game? The 7-Up yeah. game? Yeah, yeah, I do. I played it on Genesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sponge Shea, if you could put that in the next one, that'd be great. Yeah. That's the second <laughs> chapter. Chapter Part 3. Stay tuned for that for that Cool Spot. I'm going to get comments about right. it now. Cool Everybody's going to want to know. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, dude. The Place noid. your bets now. Oh, God. Speaking of... Time for bets. Next week's bet. Fast and the Furious Crossroads is clearly the thing we got to do this bet around. That launches on August 7th, which is basically today. If you're listening to this podcast, it is August 7th or August 9th. On IMDb Pro, not IMDb. If you go to IMDb and you can't find this, it gets pro. It's the one you got to pay for. There's a thing called Star Meter. And everybody in Hollywood gets ranked by this. And then if you are number one, that's the best thing you could possibly be. Uh, my lovely wife is 38,000, I think. Something <laughs> around there. Which, if you think about it, it's pretty good. a lot of actors. It's know? pretty good. There's a lot of people. Yeah. I think you break 50K, and that's the, you know, that ain't bad. Um, this, this to me is just wild. I didn't know about this, but it's just like, yeah. no matter how big you get, you can never escape the rat race. Does this it's always go a for competition. anybody on IMDb? If you are, am you are ranked yeah, on this thing? If you are Dude, logged, am I on yeah. there? I want to see. I think wait, it might, I don't up. know, like under a mil, <laughs> they might <laughs> cut people okay. off. I don't know. I'm on IMDb. But uh, look, as you would imagine, Vin Diesel is pretty high on that star meter. Currently, 491. He was 299 points above that. Uh, it says he was down 299 points, which I'm assuming is bad, uh, from last week. With this Fast and Furious Crossroads coming out now, where's he going to be next week? So, to be clear, you want to be number one. You, you want to be, be number the one. most is he going up? Is his number going down, meaning he went up in estimation? Ian Hank, where's he going to be next week? 442. 442, okay. Uh, Mr. Michael Damiani. I said... 250. 250, okay. Mm, big bump. Ben Moore. 
I did a last minute change because I thought going up was better. And so I wanted to ah. I wanted to fix that real quick. I did it before Ian said his. Uh, but uh, 332. <laughs> <laughs> Just gone. Aside for half a frame. Bloodworth. Uh, I'm really close <laughs> to Ian. I'm at 450. Oh, no. Oh. I'm close to you. I went 470. Damn it. <laughs> All grouped up. Uh, lock it a bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good. Last week's bet. Fallout. Fallout. Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. <laughs> I took that entire title oh, and <laughs> just put it. It launched guys. on August 4th. Uh, we played it. We had fun. Uh, we're recording this podcast right now, and I would like to know right now, I got it ready to refresh. How many people are watching that right now? Oh. Just refreshing. Uh, I said 60,000. Bloodworth said 300,000. Huber said 87,345. Damiani said 65K. Ian Hinks said 36K. 206,000 people are currently watching Fall Guys on nice. Twitch.tv. Given blood the win. Yeah. Bringing our <laughs> scores. He already knew. <laughs> he already knew that he won. <laughs> that was some precognition. He's basking in it. Those well, scores. I thought I was crazy mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. No, that game's a, a delight to watch. Not necessarily crazy, Happy just bold. Just bold. It was a bold Bloodworth, and we love to see it. Uh, we're still behind, but those scores now are a Jovial Penguins 8. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> don't recall a shit from that film. Astonished Scorpion <laughs> 6! <gasps> I saw her first. Got a fuck. I saw her first, yeah. <laughs> I just... I <laughs> it's the first quote that came up, sorry. No, that's, that's a good one. I saw her first. Let me tell you about patreon.com slash easy allies. A fan group for Batman Returns and other Tim Burton films. <laughs> Uh, we do have a film podcast. You got that reaction shots? Anything reaction shots tied into our Patreon? Can they, can people yeah, do anything? Oh uh, yeah, seven dollars. I'm, ta- I'm asking Ian, man. Tier. It's his show. God, film club. Uh, got a cool guest coming up. Oh yeah, I should probably write the prompt for this week. We're doing anime films. Ooh, anime films. But you can get cool stuff if you go to Patreon. You get cool stuff. It's another way to be involved in shows. Oh, sorry. We have some shows you can only get involved with if you go to that Patreon. Ian, you were saying? Oh, $7 up. You get it to do comments. You get the, the, the comments. <laughs> for $7. <laughs> do you have $7? Are you willing to spend it? Go to patreon.com. That is where you can go to get this podcast early. You can get this podcast uh, on Fridays, the day after we record it. Otherwise, this goes up public for everybody on Sundays. And then that Spider-Man news is super old. But we definitely appreciate it because it is how all of us make a living. And thank you to all of our patrons and everybody supporting us there. And also just a fun place you can go to get more information, more updates about stuff that the Easy Allies are up to. People that have made a serious commitment, some new names on this list. Very excited about it on our shout out tier, the top tier at patreon.com slash Easy Allies. Ian, you're going first. I'm going after you. Bloodworth, you're after me. You bumped up. You're usually at the bottom row. You're up on top this week, Blood. I like it. Damiani, you're going after Bloodworth. And then Ben, you are filling out the shout outs. A hearty shout-out goes to Caleb Togi Crawford, Delisi, L. Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Jeff ZOVGM Easton, and JL Burton LLC. Shout, shout out. out! Shout out! Shout out! Excellent. Daniel Bloodworth, why don't you shout out me a ending to this podcast? You get to promote any Easy Allies video you'd like to promote. You get the final word on anything you disagreed with, want to reiterate, or just popped into your head, and you get to sign off with your trademark sign off. My teammate, I'm so proud of you. Blue. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, video to promote. Uh, have to do uh, Damiani's uh, Project Athea <gasps> video. 
Oh yeah. Uh, history of Luminous Productions. Yeah. Uh, a lot of time, a lot of iteration on that video. There's... And am- an amount of pickups only to rival Pop Fiction days. <laughs> <laughs> really good. Back in the booth, Jones. <laughs> yeah, there was in March. Drafts. Back in the booth. Poor Brandon. <laughs> I love it. There were two drafts uh, that you didn't even see, Brandon. Oh, sure. Entirely different directions for where this video could have gone. Uh, but yeah, it's been, been in the works for quite a while. Uh, Damiani has worked hard, did a lot of research, uh, had to fix a lot of dates on things. And uh, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, definitely uh, has that, that game sleuth kind of vibe, uh, getting a deep dive in a history of this stuff. Uh, for uh, my final word, uh, controller innovation is super important. Uh, the things that you think might be crazy, wild ideas uh, might be the, uh, the things that lead to games that you just can't make any other way. Uh, so it's, yeah, I, I think it's very cool uh, to see PlayStation continuing in that. Uh, I, I hope we continue to see more crazy controller ideas in the future from future generations from uh, Nintendo and Sony and even Microsoft. Uh, and we will see you before the next Blood Moon Rises. Well, it's pretty damn fussy, but it's fun. Anime films.